check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. What do you get when you bring a finance guy, a school principal, and a lawyer together? Three people who could never be wrong because they are the three Wright brothers. Oh, and guys, don't suck. All right, welcome back from the dead. It's been probably about a about a year and a half since we've been back. The three Wright brothers back at you. So, Casey, Brian, and Kevin. For some reason, God knows why, there's been discussion about bringing this podcast back. This is Casey Wright, uh, you know, just here to kind of run the controls. And then uh, you know, joined by Brian and Kevin on the other side of the state of Ohio. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing? doing Good. Good. That intro is not even accurate anymore. It's been that long. Yeah, it might be worth uh, kind of talking about. Well, first, um, you know, welcome back to the podcast, and we can probably update a little bit about our lives and then um, really touch on, I think it's worthwhile talking about is why we stopped doing the podcast in the first place. I'll start talking a little bit. I'm not a principal anymore. Um, I've been uh, since that time, uh, some would say promoted into a central office position. Uh, some will say demoted, but that's a different kind of conversation. It is a promotion, although um, I haven't seen it yes, necessarily is that yet. Um, you guys want to talk about updates of what your life's been like? Yeah, so similar to you, I've changed jobs. And for some people, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But for me, you know, I joined, uh, I worked with Fidelity Investments. And I, I don't know, we've actually said that on the podcast before, but I don't think it's a secret. But I started at Fidelity in 1998. I essentially worked in the same department and the same type of work since 2003. Um, and then in July of this year, I still, uh, you know, work at Fidelity, which, you know, is I love Fidelity and, and would never leave. But I did change roles to a whole different department, which is funny to sound because this was 24 years uh, in the same place. So that's been a big change for me. And uh, I don't know, Brian, there's been changing. I'm sure there's been changing in a year and a half, but yeah. I think you're still doing the same kind of stuff. Yeah, there's been no change in a year and a half for me. I'm just still doing the same thing, just more of it. So I don't, I'm in the same spot as I was a year and a half ago. I don't think there's a lot of change. You guys want to talk about a little bit about why we stopped doing the podcast. So it's probably a, a year ago, year and a half ago, we just stopped doing the, the podcast. Um, I'm sure we have different reasons for that, but you guys want to talk about why we stopped? Well, I, I think that, and, and you can speak for yourself, but I think a lot of it was just the time um, people ask us, because it's it's amazing that it's not that we had a lot of people listen to this, but I was always surprised because even now in the past month, people come up to me and be like, how come you aren't doing podcasts anymore? And ask, it's like, you listen to that. Um, but I think part of it was time. It was also really hard to get all three of us on the same schedule. It was hard to do this podcast because we talked about it. We've been talking about it for two months and really we're like, okay, we're going to do this. And then, you know, in full disclosure, we're like, okay, we're knocking this out in 30 minutes because the Bengals play the Browns at one o'clock and we're going to watch that. So I think time's been a big thing. I think you in your previous role, me in my previous role, um, probably contributed to it. But you can speak for it, whether that's true or not. Um, yeah, for me, um, it's a little bit different. Um, I was intentional about deciding to stop doing this about a year and a half ago. In my world, in the education world, people lost their minds. Um, and the people, there are a certain segment of society out there that are just looking 
for any ammunition to go after uh, school teachers, school principals, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, I've been in education 25 years. I've never seen anything like that. The name of this podcast we jokingly said in the beginning was Limited Upside. And what that meant was there's no good reason to do this podcast professionally no good reason to do this podcast personally there was good reason i mean uh, we live in different sides of ohio um i'm up in cleveland you guys are down in cincinnati and dayton and that's a good four hours five hours we very rarely see each other so in that aspect it is it, great experience to kind of reconnect with your brothers professionally there was limited upside for me i mean you could go on facebook at any particular time and see um you know, it's, it's not just a my school thing, but this is across the country. People just looking for stuff to go after school teachers or school principals for. And, you know, maybe that's a little self-absorbed. I don't really know. But I will tell you, for me, the limited upside, there was a turn in the fact there was no upside to me doing this. And we freely would share um, our opinions on um, sometimes controversial things. And I just didn't see their value in that. And uh, so that's why I stopped doing it. Well, I think, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, look, you know, my wife's a school teacher and, and she's been a school teacher at the same school for a long period of time and you see change over time, but it is definitely something where I think everyone should be prepared that there's going to be a drastic shortage of teachers here in the next decade, because nobody in their right mind is going to go spend an exorbitant amount of money to get a college education, to go work at a job in which you can't pay back your student loans and then be kind of beat up doing it. It just doesn't make any sense on any level. So I think everyone should get ready. It doesn't matter if it's private schools, it doesn't matter if it's public schools, but I think in the next decade, you're gonna see a dramatic shortage. I mean, I'll be honest, even with our daughter, you know, I think all of our daughters are getting ready to graduate here in the next year or two, go into college and are looking at what they wanna do with their careers. And it was never really, teaching was never on the radar of my daughter anyway. But Mayor and I were talked about it half jokingly. We were like, yeah, there's only one profession that we would really probably steer you away from. And she's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, teaching. Just because, you know, it's been so difficult. Yeah, I, I've never seen anything like it where um, people were just, you know, and it's a small segment of people. I mean, you're not talking, it doesn't take a lot of people within a community just to turn it upside down. I think that's the power of social media, right? It, it gives the largest microphone to probably, um, people that maybe shouldn't have the largest microphone and you know, just was limited upside. And there were, and I don't know if there's upside for me doing it now. I'm not a high school principal anymore, or at least for the time being, um, because that's one of the reasons I stepped away from it. It just, to me, last couple of years of COVID, um, were, uh, well, there was a burnout factor to say, to say the appropriate way. There was a burnout factor and I had an opportunity and probably career wise, it's probably the right move. But, um, you know, I think some of it certainly was uh, just society in general and the attack on uh, school teachers and school personnel that just said to me, listen, this isn't worth it. But there, it's more complex than that. There's lots of reasons. Um, well, make yeah, I mean, life. you hit on something else, which I think is true because it was true for me. And, you know, when I look at the three of us and we have different careers, but, you know, we learned a lot from our parents and I think we are extremely loyal to our jobs and maybe even what we do. And, you know, we always, you know, we're happy to work hard and do what it takes to get the job, the job done, done. And, and all of those things that come with all three of us have done it, but without a doubt for me, 
you know, it was an opportunity, but there was a level of burnout um, when you are the expert in doing it and people keep coming to the well. Um, it just gets hard. It gets really hard to do it. And, you know, it, it's a little bit different in education. Maybe it's a different, little bit different uh, being an attorney, but for me, it was a reset. Um, it was a long overdue reset and learning new things, getting new challenges and being refreshed. So I think that's the other component of it is just we, we really put forth the best that we have, but at some point you just get fried and you get burnt out from it. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe if we reconstruct this podcast, maybe that's something we address later on. I don't know if I'm totally ready to open up and, you know, go at, um, talking about, um, you know, plans or my career, what I want to do. I'm not sure I had that figured out. I'm not sure, you know, just like everybody else confused about decisions that I've made uh, professionally. And I don't know if this is the appropriate place to talk about that, uh, but you know, uh, maybe sometime in this podcast. And uh, so that leaves us open to the next part of this conversation I wanted to have with you guys is, all right, so if we bring this podcast back, um, you know, what does that look like? I mean, what, what is it that you want this podcast to be? And uh, how do you want it structured? And what do you want to talk about? I'm happy to come on here and just, you know, talk about our own, you know, personal you know, lives, but I don't know that that's a benefit for anybody listening. I know Brian, and the reason I bring this up, Brian, uh, a couple of years ago, I started making the transition to, you know, books we were reading and he would share books and we can talk about that or, you know, maybe movies, maybe things that might sound interesting to us to give us a, a topic for conversation. I'm opening it up to you guys to see what you guys want to do. I think we should come out of here, come in here, and give our hottest take. <laughs> <laughs> just, just burn it down. Oh yeah, that sounds like a brilliant <laughs> idea, Brian. Yeah, sounds like that's which is, which is exactly well, the, the exactly the opposite of well. And the thing that I actually value with the three of us, you know, in case you're talking about why we stopped doing this, I mean, part of this is we're we're pretty honest with each other when we think the other ones are full of shit, and so. Um, you know, even when we were having the podcast and talk about trying to do it and, and do it, you know, there's times in which we're like, okay, I'm, I've had enough of Brian and I've had enough of Casey, not that this isn't a part, but it is Casey or Brian needling you a little bit saying, coming in, give the hottest take and just burn it all down. We're like, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds you know, exactly what Casey so was just describing. Yeah. It's so interesting is this has been our lives, especially, uh, our first 18 years of our lives. This is every conversation, every dinner table, every breakfast table. This is just what yeah. it was. I didn't realize, you know, when we started this podcast, basically it was over COVID just cause we had nothing better to do. Really. I don't, I don't really know why, but, um, this was our, this is what we were used to. And when people would listen to it, what was surprising to them is that's not what everybody else's lives are like. And that's not what family yeah. dynamics are like. And people aren't honest, uh, open and honest and, and willing to share or willing to call people, uh, relatives out or brothers and sisters out or family members out. And you know, our family, that's just the way it is. Like you can well, expect that yeah. to happen. Well, not in a bad way, but I'll be honest. If I'm looking for sympathy or empathy, you are not the first two people that I'm calling. If I'm looking, and no. I know, but if it is, but if it is something where I'm like, okay, like you know, even in the job, so like I never forget whenever you're having a rough day at work, and you're like, damn it, I'm, you know, this sucks. And Brian's first response is like, you picked your career. If you don't like it, go do something else. And I was like. All right, that doesn't help, but you're not wrong either. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, that's what I think we value. And I think we kind of hold people accountable. I think if I was doing something that was, 
And I don't know that the three of us have ever really done something where someone steps in and was like, look, you got, you need to make some, you know, some choices here, but we would, I would trust that you guys would be the first two that would be like, Kevin, you're being an idiot. Um, and we will bounce things off of each other. But I mean, there's other things that we haven't talked about. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, for people that don't know, you know, my family's situation, I kind of did the math and, you know, for Mara and I, we're good for a pretty significant catastrophe every five years. I did the math on it. So, you know, for people who know, 2006, my daughter battled cancer and beat it. We went through it about 2010, 2011. Our son was born, he's special needs. You know, he's doing well, but, you know, that was what we were dealing with in the 2010, 2011. And then, you know, we get him settled, we get him in school. And then in 2016, or give or take, Mara's like, you know, I have a bump on my my breast, which then led to a cancer diagnosis and she beat it. So my family's doing well. And I only bring that up because then we get ourselves to where we are in 2000, you know, what, 22. And so for those that don't know, August 2nd, we woke up to what I would call um, a water leak. We renamed it in the house Floodageddon. And so that water leak turned into a hundred and approximately 60 to $80,000 unplanned remodel of our house, which is pretty significant, not the worst thing in the world. And that's why we have insurance. But, you know, that's pretty much a significant change. And then I'm sure at some point you guys will make fun of, you know, I've changed locations and built my own office in the backyard. Some people call it a shed. shed. You you moved into a shed. Well, I didn't live in it, but I built a really kick-ass shed in my backyard. You could live in it. I could live in it. Um, And it starts with usually being made. It really is interesting because when it comes up in conversation, people are like, this sounds just like a she shed. And then I show them pictures of it. I'm like, this is what I did. And it was a couple of years in the making. And then it transitions from, you know, kind of mocking me to, okay, tell me more about this and how you went about doing it. Because then I have more than one friend that all of a sudden like came to me and, and now they're building one in the backyard. So I built a, I have a, a separate building in the back of my yard that I built and it's got TVs and it's man cave, a shed, whatever. It's pretty sweet, but you know, that's pretty much what's been going on since in the life since we last left and then the re then the rebuttal just you know just literally finished so august 2nd and i think we moved in two or three weeks ago we have a lovely new first floor because the water leak was from the second floor um but we were basically oh we could talk about that i basically told mom because i moved in with her you know i'm 47 years old and we basically moved into mom's condo and i said i bet you never thought your son was going to move in again did you so there's all kinds of things yeah, well, let's first kind of unpack that. There's a lot of things to unpack there. The first thing I would say is, you know, I've I've always kind of looked, tried to look at life from a bigger picture. You know, in our roles, I've always had a lot of people that have um, I've worked with or, or a lot of students. And what I've realized is everybody in life has a lot of obstacles to overcome, right? Everybody does. And some of those obstacles are significant. And because I've been involved with so many different lives, whether students or uh, teachers or employees, I've always looked at it that way. And then there's Kevin. And I will tell you, um, you're 100% right. And I don't know what it is, but you have, you've had series of significant life events that are rare. And what's more rare about that is how many of them have happened to your family in a shorter period of time. And I'm not talking about small things because small things happen to all of us. I'm talking about big traumatic life events that happen um, in, in a short period of time and then happen re- repeatedly. So I would I would say you're absolutely right. I mean, you are uh, certainly uh, 
blessed in the sense that you've had to overcome a lot of obstacles, and those obstacles are significantly more than the average person, and which is odd because that's not normally what I like to see. I, I normally I see people who think they came over a lot of obstacles, and when you dig down and start talking to them, what those obstacles are, those just that's just life, you know. Life is a series well, of crappy events. Yeah. In your sense, no, that is not the case. When your kids diagnosed with cancer. When your wife's diagnosed with cancer, when you have a special need, a significant a someone with a significant special need, lifelong challenge, and then your last one, which is basically a gutting of a house because of um, a, well, a minor leak that turns into a major leak, those are all significant life events, and they happen repeatedly to you. So, you know, I, I would have to agree that you know it, it is well, um, and it's true, but it do, and it does give you kind of perspective. So, you know, my wife and I have been through so much of it that when we do get things that are probably not major, but the minor, even the water leak, we're like, all right. And so the water leak was funny. So the funny story was, uh, and I'll tell that story because it's funny to hear. So I get up, I, you know, you're getting ready in the morning. It's like six o'clock and I hear water running and I'm like, there's no way my daughter is up taking a shower. And so I'm like, go to investigate, walk out of the bedroom and I'm walking down the hallway and I can hear more and more water. And I look and the water is pouring out of the bathroom and I, you know, I'm like, holy shit. So I immediately go in and it's from the toilet and I close the toilet, the valve, I go in and I'm like, Merrick, get out of bed right now. So then I walk downstairs and as I turn the corner, water is not dripping. It is pouring from all of the can lights and all of the outlets on the first floor. And then I want the water. What's that? Toilet water. Well, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yeah, so toilet water. So then I go back upstairs and I tell her, get your ass out of bed right now. So then I go back downstairs and I'm like just assessing it. And I'm like in shock. Then I go down the basement and it is like, like a monsoon rain in the basement. So it had gone through three floors. So if anyone wonders how much water that can come out of a toilet when the toilet's leaking, and like a full break, it's four, four gallons, gallons a minute, minute forever how long that it runs. And so we come downstairs and and so you know, Mayor's grabbing towels. And I'm going, we are so far beyond towels, Mara. And I called the insurance company and I'll tell you they had water remediation there in two or three hours. By the next day, there was nothing on the first floor, all drywall, all ceilings, all electrical, all appliances, all flooring, just all getting ripped out. And then you just kind of go, okay. And you know, the insurance company comes in and you're kind of nervous for a couple, you know, a couple of days because you're like, what are we going to do? And then like you're covered and then you just start to rebuild. You just do what you do. You just go step by step, solving the problems and work the issues. And when I say work the issues, finding contractors, you know, we all made lots of connections. So luckily we're able to find a great contractor, um, work the insurance company as far as not work them, but make sure we can get the money to get started, agree on an amount of money that it's going to take to rebuild. And then you move forward. And now we're right before Christmas and it's done. So, uh, but Mara like grabbing towels was so funny to me. Cause I just watched her and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, we are so far beyond towels. You have no idea. So at any rate, yeah, good so, stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess, the big most important thing, and I'm not well, that we've got to get out of this podcast if we're going to continue to do this, is what it looks like. I know in the past we brought on guests, and you know, happy to do that again, or you guys can invite people on. Happy to kind of, um, you know, bring in things to talk about, whether they're books that Brian sends us in the mail that you know talk about whatever they talk about, or uh, you know. I don't know. Well, I think we, I think it could be books. I think it could be you guys are pretty, you know, you guys, I, I do like to read, but I don't read at the pace on what you guys do. Um, but happy to do that. But I think there's other things that we forward each other. I mean, I think there's interesting 
TV shows that we come across, there's so much, you know, material that's out there that it can get lost. And I can't, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you come across something, you're like, wow, this is an awesome, it could be a movie, but it could be a TV show that's buried somewhere that, you know, Brian sends an out true North, which is, you know, more of a documentary style by people that we like something I struggled uh, or not struggled, something I, I stumbled across yesterday. That was really cool. Um, so we can talk, talk about that or whatever else we figure out. Speaking of that, like I spent all day yesterday. Uh, I mean, I was working most of the day. And it's sort of crazy hours, but I was watching The Craftsman. Yeah, I watched a lot uh, yesterday too. That was really good. That was a great, yeah, it is so, great recommendation. So, yeah, so I, I came across this and I don't always send you guys stuff because I'll be honest, you know, stuff that Brian and I might watch, you know, especially when it comes to mainstream stuff, Brian, I don't think you're typical in that, but I came across this because yesterday morning drinking coffee and I was like, this is really, really good. And I, it's on HBO max. I think it's also on the Magnolia network, but it's basically this 71 year old that lives in a part of California that is a master craftsman at making stuff. And you, it's not just about like a, home improvement type show it is listening to this guy and the wisdom that he that he you know that he imparts to you guys and i was like this guy i said the texture i said this guy wants me a to be a better person and b makes me want to work harder and and you know treat the work that i do and you know yeah you end up binge watching it and so i i take it that you guys kind of got the same same you know impression from it yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, I did the same thing. It's super interesting that we spent most of our, well, yesterday, some of our day doing that. Um, I learned a lot from watching. I mean, you're right. It has nothing to do with woodworking. It has more to do with uh, life skills. So I'll give you an example that I took away from watching him is, you know, he says this thing that there's three things that go into all of his projects and there's three things he could do is uh, one is uh, speed, uh, price, or quality, but you can't have all three. And so, and if you're interested in uh, speed, he's not your guy. And basically what he's saying is um, sometimes speed is the enemy of quality and uh, it's not cheap to do well, you know? So I thought that was super interesting. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed, thanks for the recommendation. I enjoyed watching. I do agree that it probably speaks more to life than it does woodworking. Although if you like woodworking, you can get into that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it, but then there's the work ethic too. He, he spent time and he, you know, dropped out of school and he's just, he builds these amazing things, but he's honest with these. Like I spent 30 out of 40 years undervaluing myself right. and what I can do, even filing for bankruptcy, not because he couldn't do something, with because he didn't understand he, he undervalued not just what he can do, but himself. And that it's important for everyone to to really understand what their value is and what they do every day. And of course, he's building these beautiful things. And you can only imagine yeah. that he and his mind was like, well, this isn't, you know, I don't have a much of an education and and I, you know, my value is less than someone else that is doing, you know, something. And, and so anyway, I, I highly recommend it. it's the craftsman. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I I hope they continue it, but you know, and, they, yeah, and it's also can... interesting kind of a life skill or life lesson is, you know, everybody has value in even, you know, in this situation, um, just listening to someone who's lived 70 years on the planet and had an opportunity to reflect on a lot of important things has a lot of value to share. And I think that um, in some respects, we're all we're all there um, and we all have value to share. And maybe that's the value within this podcast is individually, we probably have value to share, even though we have different occupations and we do different things, we have value to share to each other and then 
you know, if someone listens and takes value in something we said, or, you know, even picks up and watches something or reads something or one of the guests we bring on, then, you know, that's worthwhile, I guess. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's funny because just in talking about like Kevin and stuff like that and what he was going through and the craftsman, and this isn't from the craftsman, but I sent this to you the other day. It's sort of like, you know, I always have these and they're, they're always changed, like these things that I sort of pick up and um, try to try to develop a mindset around and they change all the time. But the, the one I sent to you, I think I sent to you more than once. Um, it was got kind of Bill Burr saying it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. And it, 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 even if it's not fine, you'll deal with it then. Don't, don't ruin today because you're worried about tomorrow. It's going to be fine. Well, yeah. And so, yeah. 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 And yeah. no, I, I agree. I think even in my career, because the things I've helped, and it's helped. And so I, I, I lead a new group of people that didn't know me. And, you know, some people were trying to get the background. And, and so someone had labeled me that knew me and was talking to the, my team. It was like, Kevin's not one that's going to, you know, go crazy when something bad yeah, is happening. Bad. You know, he's going to, you know, remain calm, you know, figure out, work the problem. And, you know, that was the feedback on me when it comes to these you know, big things when we're talking of hundreds of millions. I think I had an $800 million potential issue the other day that I was working on, which is a lot of money, but it's just kind of gives you perspective. But we promised on this first one, it was going to be short because there's a big game. I think we got four minutes left. So let's a little bit talk a little bit about the Bengals-Browns uh, game because on paper, this looks like this is a one-sided game. Right on paper, it looks like for who? Well, on paper, well, on paper, if you go on skills, it looks like the Bengals by 30. But the Bengals have now Joe Burrow hasn't beat the Browns yet, right? No, and and the Browns demolished the Bengals their last meeting. No, yeah, I don't, I'm not positive. You know, NFL is one of those funny things where it's hard week to week to predict a winner, yet at the end of the season, it seems like the same teams are vying for um, the championship. But week to week, I think it comes down to it's a one-touchdown difference or a field goal difference between 90% of the games that go on in, in the NFL. So we'll see. I will tell you that for whatever reason, you know, the Browns have up and downs and left and rights and all sorts of craziness. They do well against the Bengals. They typically play well against them uh, for whatever reason. So what are you picking? So what, what, what do you, what do you have today's score, Casey? Um, you know, I got uh, the Browns by touchdown. All right, Brian, and, what do you have? It really comes down to Watson. Like, I mean, last week he looked horrible, but you know, people around him played better. Um, well, special if, teams and defense did. Yeah. So if he, if everybody else continues to play well and he has a better game, yeah, the Browns, I had the Browns by a touchdown. Brian, what do you got? Uh, I, I would never, under any circumstance, ever, ever pick the Browns with Deshaun Watson playing on a team, <laughs> just purely on principle, but that's a different topic. You know, candidly, it's like I struggle even to watch it, to watch just because I'm disgusted by the whole thing. So I'm going to say the Bengals by a million. (laughs) Wow. I thought I was going to say Bengals by two touchdowns was going to be a big one, but the Bengals by a million. I don't know. The Joe Burrow is something special. You know, I guess I leave it. It doesn't matter the situation with the Bengals. They could be down by a bunch, but he has this look on his face where when you're just about to give up on him that he's going, okay, hold my beer. And then he comes back and you're like, here we go. 
Um, so it's a great problem to have. I mean, you know, the Bengals were, we were long or I was a long sufferer, just like everyone else is a fan. And even if they don't win the games, you know, it's, it's fun to watch him. And again, it's, it's carrying yourself in the way that he, he just has this different thing about him that you just don't see, you know, maybe in the Tom Brady's or, or, you know, the Peyton Manning's of the world, but you just, there's something different about this guy, at least for now. So we'll see. So I say the Bengals win. I don't think it's going to be by a million, maybe a little bit less than that, but no. We'll see. All right. Well, I guess we'll find that out. Um, I'm assuming uh, we'll follow the same pattern as we have in the past. And if we decide to keep bringing this thing back, it'll most likely be on weekends, usually Sundays. And, uh, and you know, we'll probably pick a topic, bring guest on, you know, maybe figure it out, ad lib as we go. I don't really know. Fully up to you guys until maybe uh, it becomes a situation where uh, the limited upside is uh, not so limited to me, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> All right, guys, good talking to you. Um, You know, we'll go watch the game and see what happens. All right, talk to you later. See ya. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You're killing me, Smalls. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.